It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 45 of the No Huddle Show or Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined by Elliot Shore Parks, who covers the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. And we've had a lot of, I think, interesting and kind of un... You know, there's no way we could have prepared for what we would talk about in a lot of these podcasts that we've done over the last year or so. I'm not sure any of them, though, compared to the one we're about to do right now. We're doing this podcast... On a Tuesday morning, the Eagles open up on Sunday against the Browns. And over the past couple of days, everything has changed with the Eagles. Elliot, first of all, before we get into all the news, all the changes, do you want to take a couple minutes to kind of say goodbye to Sam Bradford? I mean, he's gone now. No, I mean, it's, look, it's like I wrote this morning on NJ.com on a Tuesday morning. This changes everything. It changes the complete outlook of the season in every way possible. I mean, you are going into the season with a guy in Sam Bradford that had never made the playoffs, has never shown he can really make his team competitive, and was going to be gone in a year. I mean, it was going to be an entire year of waiting for Wentz and kind of, you know, watching this team go 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. Now, you have your future quarterback. He's in there. And, you know, we'll get into this probably later, but I don't see much of a reason to think the expectations should dip at all. I think, you know, they've upgraded at the quarterback position. But when you talk about just a complete and utter surprise, I mean, you know, Saturday morning you wake up thinking, all right, they're gonna, we're going to be tracking final cuts. And now, you know, whether or not Paul Turner makes a team just becomes so far out of everyone's mind with this trade. And I think my initial reaction to it was it was an awesome trade. I don't see how you can view it any other way than that. Um, I mean, I was on a Philly Sports Talk, yes, on Monday, and I think the, the poll that they had it was like 96% of fans liked it. So I think, you know, fans realize that you get a first-round pick back for a player like Bradford. Um, this was best-case scenario. Even if he played at a Pro Bowl level this year, even if he finally did realize all that potential, you're probably not getting more than a first-round pick for him, um, you know. So I, I think it was an absolute slam dunk of a move. Um, people are obviously congratulating. You're not congratulating, but giving Howie Roseman credit for it. And he certainly deserves it. Um, obviously, there's a bit of luck involved with Teddy Bridgewater going down. But, yeah, I mean, this was a slam dunk. I mean, I'm sure you feel that way as well, Joe. I do, and I feel like it's hard not to. And, and that poll you talked about, and I think, you know, there's been various different polls or, you know, ways people are trying to gauge how the interest in this deal. And I feel like every single one is some variation of 90% or above that people are pro this deal. And, Elliot, you mentioned the, the little bit of luck, and obviously, you know, Bridgewater going down, and I think that the situation that the Vikings were in, right, because they're moving into a new stadium, Peterson's in his early 30s, they want to try to win with the, one of the greatest running backs ever, um, and they, you know, really were a kick away from the divisional round last year, so, you know, kind of at all these circumstances, but 
I think it goes back to Howie Roseman kind of holding his ground last spring, right? Because he had all three of these quarterbacks after they drafted Wentz. And I mean, I think it would have been probably easy to trade him, I don't know, to the Denver Broncos and get whatever, a fourth or a fifth round pick mm-hmm. and just move on. But I mean, this has got to be kind of the cherry on top for Howie because he held out and he kind of made his own luck because of the way these things happened. And also, if you think about it, I mean, we joke a lot about how Bradford's at his best during the preseason. But, I mean, this was really the best time you could really ever trade a Bradford. Because, one, you already passed up the offers this offseason. You went into training camp with him. You started him for the preseason games. I mean, teams were extremely convinced that the Eagles were going to go forward with Bradford as their quarterback. And I think they, they were going to. But when they first traded up to number two, like you mentioned, that's when teams could kind of take advantage of the Eagles and say, all right, look, we know you're moving on from Bradford. You have Wentz now. That's when your offers aren't as good. But you got rid of Bradford right before the regular season, which in, in, my, in my opinion is when his stock would have dipped. I mean, for two reasons. One, I think you know he's not that good. But two, I mean... Let's be honest here. The chances of him playing 16 games are slim. So, you know, how, who knows how he ends the season and how that would dictate his value. So you traded him to a desperate team when everyone was convinced you were going to keep him and when his value was high. So really it was, you know, a complete, it was a perfect storm of things that the Eagles needed to get the first round pick. But you're right. If Howie kind of buckles to pressure earlier this offseason and gives in and just trades him for whatever, then they don't have Bradford to trade right now. So, you know, it, obviously how he deserves credit everything came together and the Eagles are so much better off for it in my opinion before we get into Wentz and the decision to put him in and start him from day one you know right away this week against the Browns what was your thought on how the players reacted in the locker room I mean I'm seeing some quotes you guys have had and it seems positive it feels positive but the first thought I had when the deal came down and, and I know you have some thoughts on you know, how much different the team might actually be their ceiling, you know, compared to Wentz, compared to Bradford. But the first thought I had was, this probably isn't, you know, they, the, the veterans probably have some questions, right? Because they just went through a whole training camp thinking Bradford's the starter, probably thinking, all right, well, at least we have a veteran quarterback and not really thinking about Wentz and his progress or, you know, what he could be yet because they didn't have to. And now a week before the season, you know, they lose their starting quarterback. You know, he was what he was, but that's what he was for the Eagles. Did you get the feeling, both in quotes you, you wrote and then just the sense around the team that the team right. really was positive about this? Or did you get any sense that maybe they, there's some questions about what they just did? Um, honestly, I think it's probably somewhere down the middle. Um, I, I think like understanding how the locker room felt about Bradford's like it's kind of complicated because I think they liked Sam Bradford as a person. I think they appreciated that he was a leader. Um, and I think, you know, they respect his work ethic, all those things. As an actual player, I think they thought he was good. I never got the sense that any of the players I talked to thought Bradford was, like, the real deal. Or, like, they, they, he, like, wowed them with his, uh, with, his, with his play. So when I talked to players yesterday, both, you know, on and off the record, just, you know, getting quotes, but also just kind of talking with them, I think the feeling is, look, Bradford, we liked Bradford. But Wentz is extremely talented. And I think, you know, players more than anything, they, they can recognize when a guy is, is really good. I mean, these guys have played football their whole career. You know, all these guys have been the best players. So when they're in high school, you know, they know about the guy from the other team that's just like immensely talented. The same thing in college. They recognize what guys are going to be really good. And that's the sense I get when I talk to them about Wentz that I didn't really get with Bradford. I think they recognize how much talent, how much raw talent Wentz has. Now, did I get the sense maybe that 
they they are expecting some rookie pains. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think, you know, the perfect example is I talked to one player who said, look, there's no doubt in my mind Wentz is going to kill it this year. Now, against the Browns, that might be a different story. So I think that players are excited about it overall. And I, you, you mentioned the veterans. I mean, I don't really know what veterans are on this team that would care really much about it besides Jason Peters. I mean, he's the example everybody keeps using. But frankly, who cares what Jason Peters thinks at this point? I mean, he turned on Chip Kelly last year and got basically the whole lot, you know, a, a good portion of the locker room, not, not to like Chip. And he's not going to be here beyond this year. I think Jason Peters is still a good player, but, you know, you look, you, the other guys in this team, Jason Kelsey will probably, if, he, if his play is, is good, I think he'll continue to be here. Malcolm Jenkins is going to continue to be here. Brent Selleck just signed a three-year deal. I mean, there's not a lot of players. This isn't a win-now football team. So it's not like, you know, the Eagles were expected to win 12 games and now all of a sudden, who knows? I mean, this team was not, this team was rebuilding. So I, I think that, I think that players are really, are okay with the switch. Not not in an anti-Bradford way, just in a, they recognize what's going on way and they're excited about Wentz. Yeah, that's a good point with, you know, Peters is probably one of the only guys on this team over the age of 30 that really, you know, can have a voice and have an opinion. And, and why, one time was really great. I mean, like even Fletcher Cox is the best player on the team. I mean, he's still got years to go. So there probably isn't that pressure to, to win right now compared to if he was, you know, 31, 32, and he didn't know how many years left. All right, let's go to the decision that, I guess started to trickle out on Saturday. I mean, this stuff moves so fast now, and then we always hear about decisions as they're being made, I guess. But on Monday, yesterday, Doug Peterson made it official. Carson Wentz starts from the jump. Saturday, we started hearing, well, if he's healthy, he's going to play maybe as early as the opener here. Did that surprise you at all? It surprised me. It didn't shock me like the Bradford deal did, but I guess I just thought with the bye so early, Chase Daniels, just throw him in there for a few weeks because we just didn't see much of, of Wentz in the preseason. And then, you know, that just went out the window. They decided to go with Wentz. Did that surprise you? Surprised me a little bit. Um, I respect the decision. I think it was a bold one. Um, I think it's the right one. But it did surprise me that they went that way. Um, Just because, as you mentioned, you know, you throw Chase out there for three weeks. Maybe you put Carson in a little bit each game at the end and just kind of get him ready. But, you know, nowadays... I'm not so sure how much of an advantage that would have been to Wentz. I think, you know, he goes in week one, he gets the the title as a starter. He knows the team's completely, I'm sorry, like the coaching staff in the locker room and all that, that they're completely behind him. And, you know, this is his team. Why, why, why mess around for a few weeks and act like that's not the case? And I also think there's something to be said for the fact that they open against the Browns at home, who, you know, obviously it's a new year, but... The Browns had one of the worst defenses in the league last year, and are going to be missing their top two pass rushers on Sunday. Um, then you get the the Bears, which is a tough spot on a Monday night. But Bears again, the Bears again don't have a great defense, and I don't know if they'll win these games. But if you talk specifically of just Wentz, you know he gets the to two kind of easy openers. The, the Steelers will be a tough game, but then he has the bye. So you know, I think I think it's the right thing. I think there's more to be said for making sure he knows he's the guy and giving him that confidence from the jump. Then there is about worrying about, you know, making sure he gets another three weeks of practice. I mean, he's been playing football for years. I'm not sure what three more weeks is really going to do in terms of preparing him. Yeah, I don't know either. And obviously the Eagles didn't think much because, you know, they're throwing him in right now. And I think the question everyone has is can they protect him enough and can they not get him beat up? Like that's the fear, right? You know, he got beat up in the preseason game. And, you know, we've seen 
the, the quarterbacks that struggle as rookies that get beat up, you know, David Carr always comes to mind. That sticks with people probably more than the young quarterbacks that go in and play well right away, yeah. like Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, and and I Peterson talked about that on Monday. Do you worry about that? That they, I mean, it, it looks like Lane Johnson, as far as you know, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday that he he's going to be out there at least for now for Week One. Do you are you concerned that they're not going to be able to protect him and keep him upright back there as he tries to figure out what's going on? You know, I, I think the offensive line at this point is kind of more of a victim of like its reputation than it actually is being criticized for actual poor play. Because if you think about it, in that Colts game, Bradford had good protection, and that was without Lane in there. And I think I saw some stat. I'd have to double check it. But I think, you know, the Eagles' first team um, offensive line only allowed two sacks all preseason or something like that. So, I mean, I do think there's it's fair to be skeptical of the offensive line. And certainly in the long run, you know, there's some issues there. But Maybe this offensive line isn't as bad as we thought. Um, I mean, like as I said, they played well against the Colts. And I think Wentz can move a little bit. So, you know, the offensive line might even look better than they would have with Bradford out there. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't think protect the Wentz getting that protection, obviously it's important, especially for a rookie, because in theory he's going to need, you know, maybe that extra second to diagnose what he's seeing. But I mean, I, I think the offensive line's played pretty well this preseason when you talk about just the starters. Yeah, I think the perception is part of that, right? And I think you're, you're right on that. I think the other thing that probably plays into it, Elliot, is when people remember the preseason, they're going to remember Wentz getting hit, even though that was the third string offensive line. But that kind of stands out to people. The only time you saw Wentz, they couldn't protect him on that night against the Bucks. That doesn't mean they can't protect him with the first-team offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, they might not. I think they'll be better than they were last year. I, I do, and I think Brooks will be a big part. I, think, I just think they're a better offensive line now, hoping and assuming Lane Johnson is out there, obviously. Yeah, I also think it's funny how, you know, I remember the debate amongst fans even a week and a half ago was, oh, you, you, you like, uh, you know, you got to play Wentz. You got to play Wentz in the preseason. He needs these snaps. He needs these snaps. Now everybody's like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe we should sit him for another four weeks. You know what I mean? Like, like he's going he's gonna to improve by playing. And I think that was a good point you made about the, the car thing. Everyone, you know, that kind of like uh, sticks to everybody because it was so traumatic, you know, in the way that he just got beat up there and it kind of ruined his career. But, I mean, look at Marcus Marriott and Jameis Winston last year. They both played pretty well. And I know people will counter and say, okay, well, Wentz isn't the prospect that they are. But not everyone agrees with that. I mean, Mike Mayock, someone who I think everybody respects, has said he thinks Wentz is just as good as, as a prospect as them. So I think the best thing to do is to put this kid, put him out there and play. I think he's ready. And I think one of the big reasons he's ready is because of his football knowledge. Um, I think a lot of times when, when rookies fail, it's because, not only, especially a quarterback, it's because it's, it's a lot going on. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of, you have to diagnose the defense, all those things. I think that's Wentz's strength. So I think he's, he's going in a little more prepared than, than other rookies would. I mean, this isn't throwing... Uh, you know, like uh, like Matt Barkley or somebody that was a fourth or fifth round pick that came with a lot of flaws. I mean, this was the number two overall pick for a reason. It was. And I, I think that gets lost on people. Elliot, I think it's because because he played at a small school and the, the assumption is, well, you know, they, they play a less level of football there or whatever. But the yeah. one thing we kept hearing from Mayock and everyone when this kid came out was the one thing he has down is football, right? Like you're saying. Yeah. like, the, And he played in a pro-style offense. He made checks to the line of scrimmage. I think I've heard Mayock say – of all the quarterbacks recently that have come out, maybe only Andrew Luck was responsible for more, you know, at yeah. the line of scrimmage than than Wentz. So the one thing he doesn't have, though, 
is game reps. So this might turn out to just be what he needs and what the Eagles need more than anything is to get him on the field so his, I guess, the physical catches up to the mental. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles handle him. Um, you know, I think now that, now that we now that the preseason's over, I don't think we, we've talked since the preseason ended. Um, now that the preseason's over, and you kind of look at the, the big picture of Doug Peterson, I mean, I think he did a good job in the actual games. Again, we, you know, we talked earlier about perception with the offensive line. I think the perception with Doug Peterson is he's going to be a train wreck, and I think a lot of that comes from how he handles himself at the podium, just in terms of his answers sometimes. But if you look at just how he's coached, and you know, you only look at like the first string, I think, in a lot of ways, but I think his play calling has been pretty good in the red zone. I mean, I thought, you know, the the end around the Josh Huff was very good. He, I think he he showed in that game where he tried to feature Josh Huff that he he's good at using his players and you know, in, in, in capitalizing what they're good at. You know, the, the play call in the red zone to Trey Burton was wide open. You notice every time Green Beckham gets in there, they simply lob it up to him, which sounds simple. But look, not a lot. I mean, you know, a lot of coaches can get tricky in that situation. So if you think about Doug Peterson as the head coach that that'll game plan for Wentz in week one, I'm cautiously optimistic about the game plan they'll put together. I don't think they're going to put too much on his plate. Um, I think they'll do a good job of kind of easing him in. And yes, this is based off preseason. And, you know, the, the guy that just got shipped out of here, Sam Bradford, has taught us that learning too much off preseason is, you know, a little is a dangerous thing. But I think. You know, you just look at what Doug Peterson's done. I think, I think Wentz is setting is setting himself up into a good situation based off of who his head coach is. That's not something I thought. I think I would have said a month ago. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. I agree with you on the Huff play in the in that game against the Colts. They just it feels like he's putting these players in the right position to succeed. Which, like you said a few minutes ago, it sounds simple, but you know, not every coach does it, and maybe it's not as simple as we make it out to be. So he's done that. Now you have the rookie quarterback in there. And Elliot, I don't know about you, and I, I know I'm sure you're going to write, I'm sure we're going to talk about it here on this, this episode in the next few minutes, about the expectations, predictions, all that kind of stuff for the season. But like three days ago, Saturday morning when I woke up, you know, I kind of probably told you what the season was going to be. I may have been wrong, but I would have said, you know, seven and nine, the defense will be good, the offense will be all right, and next year will be totally different. I, I just have no idea now because I just don't know how good or bad wins could be from the jump. I mean, I could be sold that they could turn out to be a better team than I thought they yeah. were before. And obviously you have to allow that he could struggle and this could be a bad team for this year. Where are you in terms of moving the expectations now that Wentz is in and Bradford's gone? I think, I think I'm where the ceiling on this team is much higher in my opinion. I mean, you, you really couldn't have convinced me before that they were going to make the playoffs. I mean, I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see how Bradford who's never done it before was going to do it this year. You just you couldn't have convinced me of that. Now, like you said, I think you could convince me that they they somehow sneak in. Because look, in the NFL, if you have a quarterback, that changes everything. The Eagles did not have a quarterback when they had Sam Bradford. He was not going to do it for them. I think that's been established after six years. Wentz might not be either, but they already didn't have one. So I mean, you know, like there was nowhere to go but up in a lot of ways. Um, And I think there's a chance Wentz could be special because. He was the number. I mean, he was the number two overall pick, and I know Bradford was number one six years ago. But you know, Wentz is currently. You know, we, we have no reason to think Wentz is going to be a failure. So I, you know, if Wentz can come in and he can make some more plays, and this is the one thing I think I, I really disagree with that everybody says is, well, all right, he's he's going to make rookie mistakes. He's going to make rookie mistakes, as if not all, as if 
you know, besides four or five quarterbacks in the league, that quarterbacks don't make mistakes all the time. I mean, Bradford had 14 interceptions in 14 games last year. If I told you Wentz was going to throw an interception a game this year, you'd be like, oh, well, he's a rookie. Well, Bradford had had an average of one interception every game last year, and he fumbled the ball 10 times. He didn't lose them all, but he, he still, you know, risked losing it. So that's 24 times Bradford either turned the ball over or almost turned it over. So if you told me Wentz was going to do that this year, I'd say, oh, well, he must just be a rookie. But no, that's just what happens to the majority of quarterbacks in this league. But I do think that on the flip side, Wentz will be able to make a lot of plays that Bradford wouldn't have been, would not have been able to make. I mean, Bradford's not mobile. I, I think he takes far less chances with the ball than Wentz will. So I think there's going to be moments this year where you'll say, oh, okay, that, that was an interception of a rookie. But I think there's going to be just as more moments, if not more, where you say, okay, that's a play Bradford would not have made. And maybe the Eagles win a game or two this year because of that, as opposed to I don't think Bradford was going to win them any games this year. I think he showed in his career, you, you don't really walk away from a game very often and say, all right, the Eagles won this game because Sam Bradford was their quarterback. I think sometimes he game manages, and he's not the reason they lose, and Wentz might lose them more games. But I think Wentz has a better chance of winning this team more games than, than Bradford would have. Yeah, I think so, too. And you mentioned the, the ability to move out of the pocket, which will help if the offensive line has breakdowns or just will help with play calling and make them, you know, I think the Eagles are more difficult to defend, you know, with when that's playing. what the players have said. I mean, that's what Zach Ertz said. He said the, you know, the playbook will open. Brandon Graham said on 94 WIP that he thinks that, you know, that Wentz poses more of a threat. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier is I think players, while they liked Sam Bradford, recognize the fact that Wentz can be a real weapon. I mean, this they, they might actually have a real quarterback now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, yeah, maybe he doesn't look awesome week three against the Steelers. But, you know, by week 10, if the Eagles can hang around and stay in this thing, I mean, and you have Wentz playing at a high level, I don't know. I don't know either. And I, that makes it fun, right? There's a blank right. canvas now. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen this season. I think it makes it more interesting and more exciting, you know, for fans going into the year. And, you know, when Doug talked on Monday and he mentioned, and we talked about a few minutes ago, you know, the guys that have succeeded in their rookie years recently, or at least, you know, in the last 10, 15 years or so, he mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, he mentioned Flacco. And to me, that's like the Flacco comparison. There's a lot of parallels. There was a first year yeah. head coach. It was Harbaugh. Uh, Flacco was a rookie, first round pick, small school, and wasn't even supposed to start. I think he was the third quarterback, if I'm remembering right, when that camp opened and they had injuries. Um, and then he got the start from day one. Now, that team, Elliot, had obviously a great defense with Rex Ryan and, and you know, he had Ray Lewis, he had Ed Reed, he had Suggs. I don't think the Eagles' defense this year could be as good as that one, but th- there's a blueprint there, right? Run the football, play really good defense, rookie coach, rookie quarterback. Like It's, it's not impossible that they surprise people who now think the season is over. Well, and the, the, I think, too, like Eagles fans a week ago would have said to me, nah, this defense is going to be amazing. And I know that's because they're fans. But I'm just saying, like, their perception was that this defense can be really good, right? And I don't know how much I believe in that. But, you know, you talk about the Flacco thing, and their their defense was really good. We look back on that defense now. I mean, it's probably been, what, 10 years? Maybe actually, yeah, it was 08, maybe 8 yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, right? We look back now and say, yeah, that was an all-time great defense. Well, who knows what this defense will be? I'm not saying they're going to be all-time great, great defense, but – I mean, you can, I don't know if you can correct me on this, but going into that season, I think the expectations for the Ravens' defense was high, and the expectations for this Eagles' defense is high. I don't think they're going to be as good as that Ravens' defense, but I do think Wentz will step into a situation where 
there will be some weeks where the Eagles only give up, you know, 17 points or something like that. Because I do think, again, to recap the preseason, this pass rush has looked really, really good. And I think the emergence of Nolan Carroll, who's played great, really helps this team because even though Leotis McKelvin is quote-unquote their number one cornerback, I think Nolan Carroll is the best cornerback on this team, and he's the one that I think they're going to match up against the best receivers. Now, whether he can handle that, we'll see, but the fact that he's looked good helps, uh, the safeties are good, and the defensive line has has looked elite. So I think you, it's fair to say going into the season that the defense could help Wentz um, you know, as a rookie. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, I think that Ravens team the year before because they just changed coaches. Obviously, they were like they were bad the year before. It wasn't like I think we remember the Ravens as always being good, but they had a down year the mm. year before. So like they weren't you know a thirteen and three team that Flacco walked into and it was easy. Right. They were a bad team that he helped turn around. Right, before we get into uh, looking ahead to Week One and and a little, some over unders will play for this coming season here and and kind of just kind of resetting what we thought about the Eagles. I want to ask you about Doug. I mean, you already said Doug. You think he's done a good job in this preseason. But now that we move into the season, do you think there's extra pressure on him here? I mean, clearly to bring Wentz along, which is his most important task. But, mm-hmm. I mean, now to me, the clock's kind of started on Doug, right? Yeah. Like, not on Sunday. If he loses, doesn't mean he's not a good football coach. But I, I just, there was a sense all year that, I mean, we really couldn't evaluate Doug until Wentz got in there. And now Wentz is in there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, whatever was going to happen this year – didn't really, not that it didn't matter, but I mean, it would have been hard to judge Doug off of this year. Um, but you're right. Now that Wentz is in there, I mean, by week seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, I know it's extremely premature, but nowadays in the NFL, you don't get a ton of time. I mean, I think by, you know, by then we'll be able to at least start to form an opinion on what we think of the the Peterson-Wentz combo and see how that looks. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I've been up and down on Doug. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's just it's it's hard to tell what you're going to get from him. Um, but you're right. I mean, now now we're going to be able to start to form an opinion on him as opposed to before where you were waiting a year with Bradford in there and you you're, you wanted to see what he was going to do with Wentz. Because I think this is the quarterback that they really want. Um, the thing I always think back to is uh, that uh, the night they drafted Wentz, there was that video the Eagles posted. I think they posted it the next day. But the, the video is of Frank Wright and Doug and everybody calling uh, you know, Carson Wentz. And I remember Reich saying, you know, we told you we were going to come get you. We told you we were going to come get you. And just the excitement that they showed there. And I know they're going to feel it about any player they draft, but this is their guy. I mean, this is Wentz is the guy they wanted. They they scouted him. They met with him a bunch of times. I mean, they probably envisioned him in this offense when building it. So this is the guy they wanted. I mean, Bradford was just kind of a stopgap. And, you know, I think that was something Lurie wanted more than anybody else. But now we're really going to get a chance to see this coaching staff's vision come to life and there there will be, you know, it'll take some time, whether, whether they had, you know, Aaron Rodgers in there, it's going to take time when you build an offense and you build a program and it's certainly well with a rookie, but I think you're at least going to be able to start to see, you know, what they had in mind when, when this, you know, when they hired the coaching staff and they drafted Wentz, you're going to start to see the plans start to come together. It's funny you brought up that video and you guys, if you haven't watched it, I think if you just search like Carson Wentz phone call on YouTube, you'll find it right away. If you haven't seen the video, I mean, you're right. You, you described it perfectly, but you, this, you almost downplayed it a little bit because like, it's almost like the prodigal son is coming home. Like they are so excited right. to talk to Carson Wentz. And I remember that video too. And I thought when I watched that, Elliot, I said, this, they're going to play him this year. Like, I didn't know this would happen. I didn't know, right. you know, Bridgewater to Bradford to all that kind of stuff. But 
You go back and watch that video. I mean, they love him. Frank Reich's almost in tears talking to him on the phone. So, like, right. I, I thought then he'd play this year. And I'm not that surprised that, that he's going to get a chance. It's just the way it all happened. That's the interesting thing Peterson said on uh, – we're recording this on a Tuesday. said the day before on Monday that, you know, he kind of – he was asked whether Wentz could have won the job from Bradford this year. And he, he kind of, you know – hedged it by saying, well, we see how the season would have gone. But he didn't shut the door on the fact that Wentz could have overtaken him. So I think this team always wanted Wentz. Now they have him, and we'll see We'll see how things go starting this Sunday. All right, about this Sunday, let's look forward to this. I mean, I was looking at the slate of Week 1 games just across the NFL last night, and I was looking at all the different games. Obviously, Thursday night is the you know Carolina-Denver. That's the Super Bowl rematch. So that that's number one. And then you have Patriots and... The Cardinals without Tom Brady. You have some Monday night games, Giants, Cowboys. There's a lot of interesting games. But I think, you know, we obviously, and you covering the team, you know, the Eagles take a different place for us because we're around them all the time. But I think nationally, like, Browns-Eagles before this weekend didn't feel that compelling, I think, for most people, probably just regular football fans. But now I think it's it's a pretty compelling game. And then you have all the stuff with the Browns being the team that passed on Carson Wentz, and you wrote about this, and kind of some of their comments from Paul D. Batesta, who's in their front office, they just didn't believe he was going to really be a true big-time franchise quarterback, and now his first start comes against them. Yeah, and also, I mean, from the other side, you know, the return of RG3, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to look like. I think he's looked good in the preseason. Um to see what Hugh Jackson looks at head coach. And now, I mean, I can't decide who I think I'm going to pick to win this game. On one hand... If you asked me this a week ago, I think I probably would have leaned Browns just because I think Hugh Jackson's a better coach than Doug Peterson, and I thought RG3 was a better quarterback or more of a game play. Well, yeah, I'll just say I think a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. Now I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know who I'm who I'm going to pick. I, I'm, I'm torn on it. I think I'm probably going to lean Eagles just because, you know, the defense and – I think for Wentz's first game, um, I think it's a, maybe a bit of an advantage because you don't know how to game plan against him. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be an exciting game. And, you know, obviously, yeah, I think it's one of the more interesting games of the weekend now, especially since Jared Goff is sitting on the bench and might be inactive for St. Louis. So It's amazing. Be, He's a third yeah. string after all this. Yeah, and yeah, then, you, <laughs> then you throw in the fact that the Browns obviously have the Eagles pick for next year, which, you know, doesn't feel as big of a deal now because the Eagles got a pick back, a first-round pick for right. Bradford. But... You know, they have extra motivation to come in to Philadelphia win because, I mean, if the worse the Eagles do, the better the Browns do. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think the game is, is fascinating. I think it's a toss-up, too. And I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember, the line at first, the betting line on the game was like Eagles. Seven and a half or something. Seven and a half. And it's moved, but it hasn't moved that much, which I think goes back to, you know, your point that maybe there's just not going to be that big of a drop-off between the veteran well, we, Bradford and a kid we've never seen. Let me ask you this. So... What do you think the chance? All right, well, I want to ask you two questions. All right, first, what do you think of the Vikings as a team this year? And two, the Vikings are in a much much tougher division. I think we can we agree on that. I mean, they have the Packers in there, obviously. I you know the Bears are what they are, and I think the Lions. But do you think there's any shot this Eagles pick, their own pick, the one that's going to the Browns, ends up being like like the Vikings pick that the Eagles have ends up being higher than the Eagles' original pick? That's a great question. I w- which would mean, all right, like let's, let's. That would mean the Eagles make the playoffs and the Vikings don't. Right, like the the Vikings flop at seven and nine, and the Eagles go nine and seven. Well, no, like but not that. even that. The Eagles win the division at eight and eight. The the Vikings go nine and seven, but 
you know, they're in a tougher division, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, it's not. Cr- I mean, I think if I was to say what's more likely, Sam Bradford takes the, the Vikings further than they went last year, which would mean getting at least in the divisional round, or the Vikings flop and this thing flops out there, I would go with flop. I, don't, I, I like their defense, and Peterson's great, obviously, but they don't have a good offensive line. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a run for his life in a lot of those games I watched last year, and, yeah. and I think it affected how well he could play. And, you know, the one thing we know is Sam's not going to run anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, a move they had to make because, you know, they think they can win and they don't want to waste what they have with Adrian Peterson before he actually starts to decline if that ever happens. So I get why they did what they did, but... I mean, it could flop on them. It, it really could. The Eagles could have a much higher pick than you know, twenty five or twenty six. Could you imagine if? And I know we're kind of getting carried away here, but can you imagine if the Eagles end up drafting before the Browns this year? Like, I mean, this upcoming draft. Like, let's let's say the Eagles, the Vikings miss the playoffs, but they're the best team that missed the playoffs, so they they pick nineteen, and the Eagles somehow sneak into the playoffs because division's so bad, so they pick like twenty first or twentieth, and after all this, the Eagles end up picking in the draft before the Browns do. I know they're going to have their own pick, but with, with that Eagles pick, that'd be really something considering, you know, they moved up to get their quarterback. You think Howie Roseman would, be, would actually be considered a football guy if that happened? You think he'd get that? I saw, all right, so I saw you tweet this earlier, and, like, does this trade make him a good football guy? No, well, I think more of when I tweeted it, it was just, like, kind of a commentary. I, I think right. the whole football guy thing is silly because he's been in an NFL front office for, what, 16 years now? Like, I think he is a football guy, and, but yeah, I, to go to your point, I don't know what he can do outside of winning a Super Bowl that will ever convince people who don't think he's a football guy because he didn't play the game that he is. Like, I think, I mean, we see this in other sports, baseball all the time now. Like, you don't have to have played the game to know what you're doing in a front office role. But I think if you don't believe he is, this trade probably didn't move the needle. But I think it's silly because he's he had a great offseason here. Well, but here's my thing. Like, I think you can be a good general manager. I'm not saying Howie is a good general manager or not. I'm just saying, I think in general, you can be a good general manager and not be a football guy. So I don't think really, well, what is a football guy? Okay. I don't even think we know what it is, but that's what I mean. Like it's, it's almost like a, a subsection of, of like a title. That's like saying like, you know, Tom Brady is a great quarterback, but he, he, he'll never be a running quarterback. You know what I mean? Like who cares? He still gets the job done, but in this kind of, I think I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Um, so if the Eagles get this this pick from the Vikings, which I mean they do have the pick, but next year when they when they make the pick, right? Does how they do on that pick dictate whether this was a good trade or not? Because I think that's where you'll be able to like this is a great trade by Howie, and you don't have to be a football guy to make this trade. But completing the pick and making a good pick there, I think that's kind of where how he will make his mark as being known as a good football guy because he will have evaluated the player correctly. I mean, when you look at the what like what made this a great offseason for Howie? One, he got a first-round pick for Bradford. Two, he moved up to draft Carson Wentz. Three, you know, he got something for uh, DeMarco Murray. No, those aren't really evaluation moves. Those are just, you know, good general manager moves. And I think Howie has shown that he's good at managing the cap. He's good at, you know identifying players early and giving them deals that don't really hurt the team. And he's good at trades. Does that mean he knows football? I don't really think that means he knows football. So I guess my question to you is, do you think he has to nail this pick next year for it to be a good trade? Or is this already a good trade no matter what comes from that pick? I think it's a good trade no matter what, but that will, that adds a different layer to it. Like that would kind of cement everything and take away 
you know, the, I mean, those concerns are there. I mean, I can't deny them. I like Howie, but like he's not perfect, and they haven't right. won a playoff game since he's been their GM, and he's made a lot of poor picks as well. I mean, ultimately, I and mean, we've we've talked about this forever on this show. I mean, it all comes back to Wentz, right? Like, his, right. what he did this past offseason allowed him to get up to go get Wentz. So he 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 always aces. It seems like the the value stuff and the general manager stuff, like you just said, and and the, the ultimate evaluation is going to be did he pick the right quarterback because that's going to hinge everything now and and you talk about that pick next year they're going to have to nail that to keep putting you know players around Wentz so he could be the best that he could be so it all kind of ties in like if Wentz plays well it's because Howie was right but it also probably means Howie hit on some of these other picks he just got back to put around Wentz so right yeah this is I mean Howie's resume and Howie's tenure in Philadelphia it's I think it's always going to be debated but it, it all comes down to wins, right? Which makes this whole thing fascinating now. Here's a question. I'm, I know we, we have to wrap up soon, but so this time next week when we record this podcast, Wentz will have played his first game. What's, what's the vibe going to be in the city? Like, are, are people going to be like, is this going to be, you know, euphoria and people are going to be like, Wentz is the best thing ever? Or are people going to be saying, oh my God, he looked bad. They shouldn't. I mean, I think, is it fair to say it's going to be one extreme or another? It is, or we could have two extremes, right? Like, I, I could see a scenario where he does some really good things, and I think the people who, who pay attention to that stuff and look for the positive will say, you know, he made three throws that only 10 five quarterbacks or 10 quarterbacks in the league can make, but if he throws a pick in the fourth quarter, you know there's going to be people that are be like, oh, I don't know, he's not ready. So, right. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, probably will depend on the win and loss factor. If, if see, they I, I don't proud. know. Does it? Is that going to matter? I mean, let, let's say the Eagles lose – and I don't think this ha- this will be the reason they lose if they lose, but let's say they lose, you know, 42-35, right? Like, and Wentz looks really good, but the defense is terrible. I mean, is the, does the final score matter that much? It probably shouldn't, but don't you think it dictates, like, perception? Like, and, you know, someone if the team loses, people don't feel good, and they have to look for a positive. If the team wins, they feel good, and they might throw a negative in there. I don't think it should matter because right. the first I think, game I think is changing. If, if they lose because of the defense, people will say – Oh, well, the defense will turn it around. It's just one week, blah, blah, right. blah. But now we have a quarterback. So I have a feeling that for as much as many people are kind of like skeptical about playing Wentz right away, I have a feeling at this time next week, people are going to be like Wentz is going to be, you know, all people talk about all the time with excitement. I, I think I think one way or another, this game is going to end with people feeling good about about Wentz. I don't and know if he has a big game, if he has a big game and they win on a big pass he makes or, you know, some sort of play that he shows just immense right. talent, people are going to lose their minds. Like the excitement will saying. be, right. it'll I, be I, awesome. I don't think that was there. Not, not just to say with Bradford, but I don't think, I don't think there was that, that was there with this team before. So let's say they beat the Browns. They never make this trade. They beat the Browns, you know, Bradford throws three touchdowns and everything looks great. Like, I don't think that I think the excitement level has can reach a higher ceiling now than it could have before. I Fair do too. Not. I think that's just like like if you told me this time next week Carson Wentz is like a national story, like it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't. But I think no matter what the Eagles would have done against the Browns with Bradford at quarterback, people just wouldn't have been as excited. Right, because the canvas is blank now. Like you could draw it up and, and make it as nice as you wanted to with Wentz as the quarterback, but. You know, we all kind of knew what it was going to be before he took over. All right, we'll wrap this up. I'm going to throw – I have five of them. Five over-unders. We'll go rapid fire here. So just right, your, your initial thought. These are season over-unders for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Now, you don't have to stick to this, obviously, when you make your predictions, Elliot. If you, if okay. you change, it, we're not going to hold it against you. All right, <laughs> over-under win total, 2016 Eagles, seven and a half wins. Oh, God. 
Um, geez. I mean, I'm going to say under, but I want to say over, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to say under. All right. So we go under seven and a half. How about you? You do it too. What do you? Under. Under is my first yeah. thought, but it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if it's right there a little bit over. All right. Over, under, I'll go first on this one. Carson Wentz, games played. Now, obviously, the plan is to play them all 16. We'll see what happens. Quarterbacks get hurt. They struggle, whatever. Right. 14 and a half is where we set the line. I'll go over. Uh, when we, he's healthy right now. I mean, I can't project an injury. But um, I, I would hope Doug Peterson and the Eagles are, wouldn't yo-yo him, right? If he struggles for two or three weeks, yeah. just let him play. I'll go over 14 and a half and, and hope he stays healthy. So my gut said under just because he has had trouble staying healthy throughout his football career. Um, so I guess I'd say under, but I don't think it's to be by much. But two games is not – I mean, I'd have to look it up. But, I don't, you know, not many quarterbacks play all 16 games. So I, I would say under, but I don't think – I agree with you they're not going to yo-yo. Um, I just think it wouldn't surprise me if he missed, like, a game with a concussion or, you know, something like that. So I would say under. So that means we get to see Chase Daniel in that case, which <laughs> – I don't know. They might sign somebody. But go ahead. <laughs> Feels like they just won't play no chase no matter what. All yeah. right, over under one thousand yards rushing for Ryan Matthews. Uh, um, I'll go under, not by much, but I I think they're going to do a committee, and I don't think I think Ryan Matthews is good. I mean, we've had this debate, but I, I'll I'll go under. I will too. I think it'll be like the Chiefs last year where they they get kind of rotate all those guys in there and and try to try to keep Matthews healthy. All right, over under four and a half touchdowns. For Doriel Green Beckham, I'll go over. I could see. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but I could just see the Wentz to Green Beckham connection uh, deep down the field, connecting on a few big ones. I mean, like it wouldn't surprise me if this team went four and twelve, and uh, Doriel Green Beckham had like ten touchdowns, just because I think they're gonna when they're in the red zone, they're gonna throw it up to him. And if you know, if you if you told me he came down with half of them all year, I, I think that'd be good. So I, I I think definitely over four and a half touchdowns. All right, we'll wrap with this one, and I kind of think this is the key to the season. If we believe Doug can coach Wentz up, if we believe the offensive line will be okay and they'll run the ball, to me, this one is the key to maybe them winning and maybe them surprising everyone. Over under 19.5 points per game allowed. I mean, that, the reason we put the number there is that, based on last year, Elliot, would put them in the top 10 among the NFL and defense in terms of points and allowed. Over that? under 19.5 a game. If they go under, I think they're, they they could have a winning record. I mean, they, they really have a chance yeah. to win a lot of these games. If it goes the over, it's be- I mean, I, I forget what it is, but I think the first team defense is allowing like basically no points in the preseason. Um, God, I'm trying not to let to get the Wentz hype. Let me dictate the same. I mean, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say over, not by much, but I mean, 19 and a half. That's it's not a lot of points. Um, I think if you told me they gave up 21 points this year. I would definitely take the under, which is why this is a good over. Um, I'll go over, but not by much. I'll go over too, but yeah, I've I've been the defense has sold me that this preseason. The corners have looked better than I thought. I mean, if they avoid having the really bad games where they give up, you know, thirty-five or forty once, you know, once or twice, they they'll be close to this. I'll go over too, but if if they somehow keep it around this mark, uh, we'll be talking about a lot of close games this year. Yeah, and maybe it's because Eccles not on here, and he's always the the pessimist among yeah, us. Yeah, he could have laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. But games. I was going to say, I feel like this podcast has a much more uh, positive vibe to it than uh, the other ones have, and I think that's just because, as as you said, like now that they have a different option to quarterback and one that has potential and all that, I think it's I don't know it's 
it's I've been kind of battling this the last few days with my outlook on the team. Like you kind of have to not look through everything through like rose colored glasses now, but it's hard not to. I mean, I think it's just more intriguing. I think they have a I, I just think they have a higher ceiling now. So you try not to get too wrapped up in that stuff, but it's kind of hard not to. So they did this, right? They changed yeah. the equation, and I, I think it makes the 2016 Eagles season fun. All right, so we will be back next week. We will do another one of these, obviously, and we'll talk about the first game, Wentz's first start. Uh, it'll be a big one. Elliot, have a good week, and, uh, and obviously enjoy the game Sunday, week one, Eagles and Browns. All right, you too, man. All right, I appreciate all of you guys listening to episode 45 of the No Huddle Show our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, any way you want to listen, you can listen. Give us a rating on iTunes. It helps the show grow. We'll be back next week after Carson Wentz's first start.